Welcome one, welcome all. Glad to have you. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Hopefully you are enjoying this uh, this April 18th day of flurries and melting snow and mashed potatoes all over your yard and car and the bluck that's out there. But we know finally there is some light at the end of the tunnel. Later in the week, we're going to get into the 60s. And then we're going to hit into the 70s, albeit with some rain on Saturday, depending on what part of the state you're in. And it looks as if we are going to at least climb out of this a little bit by the end of the week. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a call, you can. Chime in on the program. Always welcome it. 877 867 1670. Also, if you want to find us over on Twitter, you can do it. Find us over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us there. Always appreciate that. You can find us over on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, absolutely free, by the way. Go to YouTube.com. That is YouTube.com. And uh, you can uh, find us uh, at uh, by Bill Michaels Show. Bill Michaels Show. And you're good to go. Simple. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Best way to get a hold of us. Um, this one's from Mark, and Mark says, um, do you think Christian Yelich power numbers will go up as the warm weather hits? I think so. I hope so. I I, I do. I will get more into that coming up here momentarily. Uh, but, yes, to answer your question, it's kind of an obvious um, thing when you get into some of the ballparks like Great American, obviously Miller Park or American Family Field, uh, you Chicago down at Wrigley. As the weather warms up, yeah, the ball will fly a little bit better. So hopefully those numbers start to come up. But, man, I'm just – there's been a couple of balls he's just roped, and they just haven't had enough steam to get out of the ballpark. Uh, the story from last week, the big bombshell to the House subcommittee was that the House subcommittee did an investigation. They went through emails. They were going through different things regarding ex-employees and that they found the Washington commanders to be cooking the books, basically. Well, they have come out with a statement today, a letter, a 22-page letter written by the team attorney, Jordan Siev, uh, and addressed to the FTC uh, and their chair, Linda Kahn, or Lena Kahn, I should say. It basically rebutted everything. Said, that's not true. Well, I didn't expect them to go, well, okay, you got us. You know, said, that's not true. That they, And they exactly the way... This has been painted from the beginning is that this Mr. Friedman, who was one of the vice presidents of the team at the time, uh, when all of this was supposedly going down, that he's this disgruntled employee. That's what the way they've painted this guy. OK, they say they have text from him, fr- text from him, uh, basically begging for his job back, wanting to come back with the team, talking about what a great guy Daniel Snyder is. Uh, emails, uh, all that kind of stuff. They, they're they just painting this guy as a rogue employee, and he did all this on his own. We didn't condone it. We cut him loose when we found out about it. Here it is. Uh, so, And they are saying that the House subcommittee had no right to look into their finances. The letter also points out that the team is subject to yearly audits by an outside firm, and that 
uh, for several years. There was an NFL auditor there from Ernst & Young. Um, all this different revenue they say was, you know, was accounted for. Nothing on a separate set of books. So now we're going to see what happens. Finally, the letter, by the way, said the team did not approve of what they called Friedman's practice of selling general admission tickets to brokers. Friedman was saying that he was told to do this. And then when the blank hit the fan, then they're the ones that said, no, he was doing it and hung him out to dry. That's what part of this argument is that he said, look, we were instructed to do all of this by Daniel Snyder. Snyder says, I didn't know anything about it, which we all think Daniel Snyder's is a, a slime to begin with, but the, uh, the investigation continues on. And now we're going to wait for We're going to wait for the next shoe to fall. But John Keim from ESPN got a hold of this letter from the Washington Commanders uh, to the FTC and the Federal Trade Commission and, and such. And now we'll see what happens. But they they say, hey, look, uh, we didn't do this. Uh, this is a rogue employee. This And they're only citing the one one guy. They're not citing others in this. This was all brought up because of this Mr. Friedman who was cut loose by the team. But there now it's he said, he said, and now we'll wait and see what actually happens. Bill, do you think there's anything here with the fact this is a Washington football team with how Congress might handle it differently? Because I was thinking about that when I saw this headline come up. They're, they were obviously going to deny it. I was thinking about the timeline and the fact that, I mean, they are in the backyard of, of Congress, yeah, obviously. I My opinion, and it is and always will be, that they are looking, for those that don't like the NFL and the antitrust and those who want to get their name in the paper, they're going to come down hard. Uh, and Daniel Snyder has, I, I think it's between Daniel Snyder and the NFL. The NFL has acted with arrogance for so many years. And it's not until they threaten the antitrust that suddenly the NFL drops to its knees and says, okay, please don't touch us. We'll do whatever you ask us to do. I got to think that it, the entire investigation, this all began because of sexual harassment innuendos, which turned out to be true. And this was supposed to be this big investigation to a hostile work environment. And remember, we all questioned it when the only guy that got hung out to dry in this investigation, which was done internally by the Washington commanders in the NFL, was John Gruden, a guy that didn't even work for the team. So that's when the red flag went up for everybody, saying, well, wait a minute. You know, you, you're conducting your own investigation, and Daniel Snyder's not implicated in any of this? And then when the girls finally went, when the ladies, women finally went to Capitol Hill and they put their story out there, that's when all of this really became, it really became real because the allegations were so sensational that the subcommittee said, look, we've got to look into this. We can't, this is five or six or seven different women that came to Capitol Hill Expose their stories and all their ridicule and everything that was going to be heaped upon them to say this is what it's like to work for that place. And we can't continue to do this. So they started to look into it. And then they found other employees that said, yeah, all this stuff goes on behind the scenes. And it's all Daniel Snyder. And he insulates himself by firing the minions that he tells to do it. But he'll fire you if you don't. So you do it. 
And then when things go bad, he fires you and hangs you out to dry. So that's what that's what the argument is for all of this. Now they got to look in to see what exactly happened and see where the money actually went. This is going to be something that's probably going to take uh, another two, three, four months at least before there's any decision made. And then we'll probably hear about this on the eve of the start of the next season uh, of this upcoming 2022 season. And then they'll, you know, the NFL is going to be thrown back into another light by the time it's all said and done. But I never expected them to admit it. I didn't expect Daniel Snyder to step down because the Washington commanders are an extension of his ego. But what I am completely baffled by is no acknowledgement of anything from the NFL. I, I just, has there been a statement by Roger Goodell on any of this? Not that I've seen. I haven't seen anything either. Not even the, the traditional, look, we are aware of what's going on. You know, we're going to, you know, let the investigation proceed. We are looking into this matter very seriously. None of that. None of it. So I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a little baffled. By unless Roger Goodell feels that he's got politicians deep enough in his pocket that he has zero worries, I can't fathom why the NFL hasn't come out and said anything. I, I just I'm a little stunned by that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to fire us up uh, something, give us a shout. You can go ahead and do so. Um, in the meantime, getting back into the uh, the, the baseball thing, side of things with Christian Yelich, uh, Cheddarball says, feels like a step back uh, year for the crew. Four straight years in the playoffs, no upgrades to their offense. Hard to ask for a fifth straight uh, appearance. Pitching is great, but if you can't score, it doesn't matter. Um, but pitching is the game. I agree with you. Look, 4.2 runs per game on average. That's what you look for. 4.2 um, yards or 4.2 runs per game on average. That's what will win you a lot of games. Brewers won yesterday 6-5. to five. They lost 2-1. to one. They lost 10-1. to one. Then they won 5-1, to 4-2, to 5-4. to four. Lost 2 to nothing. won 5-4. to four. You see what I'm saying? Anytime they get over four runs per game, they're going to win a game. Whether they have the offense to sustain that, I don't know. But if they get there with four runs or more, usually they're going to win games because their pitching is so good. When you say, here's the here's the argument. Let me ask this question. When you say they didn't do anything to upgrade the offense, um, yes, I would have liked to have seen them go after hardcore Freddie Freeman. I would have loved to have seen that. It would have it would have, would have cured two ills. I I one hundred percent agree. Um, they did upgrade a bit with McCutcheon going for the DH. Their power numbers are are very much lacking. That I'll give you. But what else did you want them to do? What, what because. They banked on the fact that Christian Yelich was going to be Christian. I, I keep going back to that. They're banking on the fact that Christian Yelich is going to hit. If he doesn't hit, they're not going to win a lot of games. It's that simple. 
right? They're, they're just not going to win a lot of games. So what what else did you want them to do? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. What else did you want them to do? By the way, the Brewers, when it comes to power numbers, 27th in Major League Baseball through the first 10 games. Most teams have played at least nine. Most teams have played at least nine. The Braves and Padres have both played 11. Most everybody else is at 10 games. The Cardinals have only played eight. Cardinals have 12 home runs in the season. The most is by the Angels at 15 home runs. Toronto at 14. The Braves at 13. A slew of teams uh, at 12, including the Cardinals, and it goes from there. The teams that aren't, Pittsburgh at 5, Baltimore at 4, Kansas City at 5, the Tigers at 6, Washington at 7, same with Tampa Bay, the Dodgers, the Reds, and the Diamondbacks. Now, the Dodgers are expected to be a good team, so it's a little odd. Their power numbers are down, but every in Tampa Bay should be good. But everybody else, those, those are all the teams that we're picking to lose their divisions. The Brewers with only five. And the Brewers right now, when you look at team batting average, the Brewers are 23rd. 23rd. The only teams worse than them, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Twins, the Tigers, the Orioles, the Royals, the Astros are starting out slow. Other than that, it's the Brewers. 23rd in batting average. Now I know if you want to go with OPS, okay, let's go with OPS. The Brewers are 24th in OPS to start the season. So, again, yes, I would have loved to have seen a guy like Freddie Freeman come into this situation. What you were hoping for is a bounce-back year out of Kane. You bring in Hunter Renfro. You brought in McCutcheon. And you're hoping that Yelich bounces back to being Christian Yelich. Colton Wong didn't have a bad year last year. He's off to a slow start. Adamas didn't have a bad year last year, but he's off to a slow start. So those numbers, you're hoping come back around. But the big, I mean, you can't ignore it anymore. You can't just kind of make excuses. You got to look at Christian Yelich and say, you need to have a year. And I'm not saying he has to hit 300. But for Christian Yelich, he's at least got to be a 265-plus hitter. He's at least got to give you 20 home runs and drive in at least 80 in that particular position. Otherwise, the smart thing to do would be to move him down the lineup, bat him 6th, 7th, or 8th. 877-867-1670, Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you're heading downtown and you're going to be checking out, say, the next Bucks home game, or any game for that matter, maybe going downtown, place to eat prior to uh, heading down to American Family Field or after, check out our buddy uh, Gino and the whole gang over at Calderon Club or at San Giorgio, the only authentic Napoletano pizzeria in the area. Check them out. They are uh, certified, as a matter of fact. 
certified. So stop in and get the pizza on one side or the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your mouth on the other. Whether it's a chicken, marsala, spaghetti and meatballs, lasagna, just that flat pizza. That's fantastic. It's all really, really good. And they pair up many of their dishes with cider boys. Uh, Good cider. Good cider or Peroni. But uh, good cider down there. Cider Boys, uh, made right here in the state of Wisconsin. Go down and say hi to Gino. Check it out. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. And if you go into Calderon, ask for Alex. Alex is a server over there. That's He's primo. Best service around. Hands down. Otherwise, you go over to San Giorgio. You say hi to Robin. He's probably making the pizzas back there next to the, uh, the uh, wood-fired oven. And you can say hi to him. But either way, you cannot go wrong. Best Italian food in the area. Hands down. Uh, 877-867-1670. So I, I want to go back, okay, because if you're just tuning us in, um, the uh, report is Adam Schefter says the Browns are uh, signing Pro Bowl cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year deal worth $105 million or $100 uh, and a half million, $100 million, $500,000. It includes $71.25 million in guaranteed money. Okay, he's a cornerback. That throws the market off for – a guy like Jerry Alexander. One of the reasons Jair probably hasn't signed yet is because the market continues to go crazy with his spending this offseason. And the Browns are as guilty as anybody giving that big deal to Deshaun Watson. And now this, this just changes the, the dynamic. They're, they're raising the bar so high because you got to think, okay, go back to what Aaron Rodgers stated about the, the a team like the Green Bay Packers who drafts, develops good guys, and then they let them go. And for what? Well, the problem is you can't pay everybody these types of salaries anymore. You can't make Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback in the league only to have that outdone within a 24-hour span by $140 million. You can't pay Jair this kind of money and David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark and Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas and Aaron Jones. You, if you're the Packers, you're, you're like, we can't, you can draft and develop. But for really, really, really good players, you can keep one or two, but you can't keep all of them. You know? It's it just, the, I mean, granted, the salary cap's going to go up each and every year, so you're going to have some more flexibility. But you can't, once you find your quarterback, the pieces you try to put around that guy, it's it's getting crazy. The amount of money, now, it could just be, and Ben, you put it best, it could be that the rest of the league has got sanity and just the Cleveland Browns suck at negotiating. Because there's a lot of money. Or somewhere in the middle. Or somewhere in it the middle. It could just be they're the very willing to lock up all of their money guaranteed in a few players, which we'll see how it turns out. But it's it's crazy money being thrown around out there right now. I it's it's Oh man. If you're sitting there thinking that you're gonna get Jair Alexander for somewhat of a song at this point, I just I you're not. Not anymore. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. The 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 
and that changes things now potentially regarding the draft. Now maybe you have to go find a corner because you can't afford any more to pay Jair. Because regardless if it's the Cleveland Browns or not, that is the going rate. That's what the price is going to be for for top-notch corner play. Um, Lloyd says the uh, pot- this potentially changes the draft. Develop and retain to draft and develop and retain only if you get extended early on. Or trade like the Patriots did with players like Seymour or uh, with the Chiefs what they did with uh, Tariq Hill. Interesting how this could end um, and, and end up working out in the NFL being if you uh, sign guys early, do they hold out? But if you have many of these big money guys become busts, it's going to be interesting how people are going to bend uh, the money to try and make things work. And and I completely agree with you. If this works out for Cleveland, then that's what you do. You extend these guys, you get some of these free agents, you bring them in, you fortify your team, and off you go. And you hope that you have a three- to four-year window where these deals work out. You have to have everything come into play all at once. Otherwise, let's just say Deshaun Watson becomes a bust right away, and after a year of sitting out and everything that's gone on, he just he just doesn't have it anymore. Well, then everybody in the NFL is going to look at that and go, well, you just sank your franchise. Couldn't happen to a nicer team. You remain the mistake on the lake for years and years and years. You go off into financial anonymity. But for every other player out there, and Aaron Rodgers, a Jair Alexander, they look at it, Tyreek Hill, wide receivers, you look at it and go, this is what the top guys are getting. My numbers are comparable to his. This is what I should be getting. And you, you're going to find a team that's going to fall on their head and pay for it. The problem is you're not going to find a team with a bunch of these guys that can afford to remain competitive. You're probably going to end up going to a team like Cleveland who's trying to make a run on it right now. While their defense is not great, they just bolstered it, their offense is okay. And you're, you're, you're trying to make that run right now. Um, GM Andrew Barry says uh, for the Cleveland Browns, he said it's more so a financial advantage to get more prime years out of a player. Ward is a great example of this. Why does age matter with some of these prospects when they're young? And it's a good point. It's a, would you take a younger developmental prospect that then you're going to have to pay when they get good as opposed to an older guy who's already refined that you can get their four-year rookie window and that's their prime? Right. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. It it just, to me, it changes the market somewhat because once you do draft and develop, it would behoove you in that third year to start, when you see these guys with potential, to start locking them up. No longer do you have that fourth and even fifth year option. If guys are really good and really look like they have potential, now teams are going to have to lock them up in their third year because if you let them get to that fourth year and and then have to figure out some way to negotiate with them, 
you you're going to pay pay through the nose um this is you got one more year after this don't you you got this is how many years is this for Jair is this his final year under the rookie contract he was taken in 2018 i be, if i remember correctly okay um so he's coming up so it's you're you're going to you know with Jair you're going to have to and again you kept thinking that this would be that season but Jair Alexander yeah this is the last one this is the last year of that deal and you were hoping that you could re-sign him now to make that 13.29 million salary cap hit go less say down to 6 or 7 and gain 5 or 6 million and this might be the reason why they haven't reached that agreement, and that's because J- Jair is as good as the top corners in the league when he's healthy. Maybe he'd end up with a little bit less because he was banged up all last year. But he's still considered one of the better corners when he's healthy. He's going to command that kind of money. Maybe he doesn't get $70 million. Maybe he gets $55, 60000000 million. Over four or five years. That's, man. 877-867-1670. That's, it's probably, and if you can't re-sign him, what do you do? Would you consider, say, trading him right now? When you're, when you believe you're on the cusp of a really good defense, you, you kept uh, Rasul Douglas, you kept Devondre Campbell, you got Preston, you bring in Jerron Reed, you're trying to bolster that defense to really support what you believe to be is going to be a pretty good offense. You picked up Sammy Watkins, you're, you're sitting here going, we're right there. All we got to do is get a couple of decent draft outs or, or draft choices for wide receiver and wide outs, and we're, we're going to be okay. We can move the football. We can do enough. We've got that quarterback that can move it up and down. We believe we're going to be okay. And now you look at it and go, I don't think we can afford Jair, and I don't think we're going to do anything for him if we let him walk. So what do we do? If you can't re-sign him, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show. Final segment coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.